0: Welcome to Hustle and Pro. I'm your host, Kelly Walker. We have Nathan Bliss back again for another episode. So, our previous episode, we were talking about youth baseball in Dallas, the Dallas area, and parenting and tournament culture and so much more. And we have more to get to. So, let's jump into part two with Nathan Bliss. All right. So, Nathan Bliss, we are in the middle of a discussion about youth baseball and we're continuing that on. But what I want to ask you we were talking about change in tournament structure and league in the last episode and now I want to ask you about umpiring and sort of where we sit in that uh, because I also feel like change is on the horizon there maybe so what are you seeing as a, a majors coach at the 13U level what are you seeing out there in umpiring
1: yeah I see um this is a passionate topic for me because I'm a technologist by trade. So I'm a, I'm a vice president of sales and marketing in the software industry. You know, in my background, I have seen software's ability and positive impact to impact a lot of different industries. And I think we see this at scale happening in baseball right now. One of my favorite companies is Rapsodo. Um I mean, you are seeing fundamental pervasive change at the, at the professional level happening with the optimization of pitching so much so that I don't know how many professional Chicago Cubs hitters right now are hitting over 200. Like that 10, 15, 20 years ago would have been unheard of. And and a lot of what's happened is everything is so dialed in and so optimized in a way that software has clearly made an impact there. Well, I, I read about the sport just like you do. And we know that an electronic strike zone is probably at this point, a, an inevitable outcome right. at the professional level. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, it's it, moving. It's been moving there for I don't know what five, six, seven years. With right. Tracking and yeah. You
1: know. Right. If you vision this forward, you know I, I've talked to people at 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 Soto and other uh, organizations just because I have a an interest in software and an interest in baseball. Mm-hmm. I've asked them if they've thought that this is coming to the youth level, and unequivocally, the answer is absolutely. And I would say being in the Metroplex, that I think it's needed. And and why would I say that? We have we have difficult, and I know there are well-meaning organizations that love baseball, that are passionate about the game and want to see it grow, that run umpire organizations, that it's a supply and demand thing at, at some point, you know, because it's difficult to find enough staff to be able to permeate all of okay. the all of the games happening in the all Metroplex. The yeah. So if there was a way to supplement that through technology, I think that's an interesting idea.
0: How much supplementing, like what can you, what do you not have a home plate umpire? The
1: because way that, that I think this is
0: extreme. I get the calling balls and I get a strike zone. I get that, but I mean, yeah. What do you see that moving to?
1: I think there will be a way if somebody were to ask me, To make a prediction about what that will look like in 10 years let's say Mm -hmm. i think that you could have let's say an individual official let's say stationed behind the pitcher Mm -hmm. that has like a supplemental camera system that's calling balls and strikes so if that's happening that individual could be relayed you know through a camera system installed at a facility if a pitch is a ball or a strike and i would argue pretty accurately with the, ability, the technology's ability to determine a ball and strike, it's going to be pretty accurate in a way that almost makes it difficult to be argued against if it oh, yeah. is a ball but or a strike. But it has to be
0: real time. I right. I mean, to relay and all, oh, you don't want to slow anything down. Right. So well, it has to be, the technology has to be able to do it in real enough time where it's like, oh, you know, just like a normal human reaction would be. That's right. Could be faster. But to get it back, to get the information back out loud to the catcher, the pitcher, whoever, how you, you know, that's interesting. It's like, how do you then relay what the technology says it was quickly enough for everybody to hear it and move on to the next pitch?
1: Right. And if you're familiar with technology like Rapsodo or like, uh, for example, one training tool that we use in my home is a pitch logic baseball, which is, it has sensors inside of a baseball. And we know exactly every time it's thrown things that give us data, spin rate, spin axis, the arm angle of the thrower, and the miles per hour the ball was thrown. That's a
0: lot of data. Right.
1: And it's all real time. So there will be ways to extrapolate out that information that is necessary for it to be real time. Now, versions of this will have to bubble up. And there could be a different way to do it than what I'm describing. But the way I'm describing it, I think, answers a lot of questions. Number one is, well, maybe you only need one official to control 8, 9, 10, 11, you game as opposed to two uh, if you're getting supplemental help on the balls and the strikes, because then if they're positioned behind the pitcher, for example, well, then they can make those calls out well, on the field that are necessary as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then moreover, what I would say is this, this would be my advocacy element of this comp- part of the conversation as well. If everybody, when they got to the ballpark, just took a deep breath, I think it would help. Because these umpires are often committing long hours in a day. And I don't know about you, but, you know, at the end of an eight or 10 hour long work day, I can get fatigued and I can get mentally fatigued. And make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that can often be the game, the way that things are currently structured, that has the most, let's say, gravitas Uh to it, or the most at stake, if you will. Prime time games. Yeah. So... I, I try as much as I can to give the officials the, the benefit of the doubt. Now, if you see something that is consistent, I think it's okay to ask a question. Sure. But sometimes the, the the erosion of trust has happened between officials and coaches on both sides that I get met with contention if I just have a question. One. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think that there, there are ways that we could go about this that are, that are better better. And if everybody just takes a step back for a moment and something that seems really, really big on Sunday, maybe doesn't feel the same way on Tuesday afternoon when you're back at your office working. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing I would say too.
0: And you know, we are talking about youth baseball here. Yeah, This isn't the pro leagues and everything's going to be okay. If there's a missed call, it sucks, but it is sports. Every sport has them.
1: That's exactly right. And
0: very rarely is it, the cause of a win or loss. It's usually a small factor in the big picture. And I always tell my kids if they walk off the field and blame one last thing, I'm like, but what about the first thing in the first inning when y'all made that error or this base running error happened or whatever? Like there was, there's always other things that could also change the game if they would have gone the other way. And you know, it's, it's sports.
1: Exactly. But I think for some parents, it's always easier for them to shift the blame on some other circumstance other than maybe taking ownership of what could have, they, the athletes could have done to put themselves in a better position. Right. Cause that's usually the case. Exactly. There's,
0: there's always more that your team could have done collectively to not make the last play come down to the being the determining factor if you're winning or losing a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you've mentioned a few times like work and how, your coaching can um, sort of also mimic some of the ways that you've learned to deal with people in business, yes. right? I know, I mean, we're sports people so we can easily draw those parallels and non-sports people probably go, Oh my gosh, the, sports isn't business is a total different life. But, um, but I agree, you know, so talk to me about like, what, what have you kind of learned like managing people? And, and I'm, I'm wondering the difference in managing kids that you're coaching and also the adults that, that are, you're involved with as parents and umpiring and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. So as a vice president of sales and marketing, I have, let's say about 40 or people or so that are in, in our departments. And I use, uh, I would say cross analogies all the time. I talk to my athletes a lot about the business context. And I talk to (laughs) the, the people that work in our departments in sales and marketing for Kinsta a lot about athletics. And, you know, I think that one one key lesson that I learned, because I my my coaching career started up in Omaha at, with a with a travel baseball team. And one thing I learned that I thought was a little bit of a notion for myself that I had to dispel is the idea that you treat everybody the same or with parity across every individual. And I had a an athlete that was on our on, on the team that I was coaching up in Nebraska that he was, I would argue, our best athlete, but he needed the most coaching. You know, if, if I were to, and then I had another boy that maybe wasn't quite as athletic, but didn't demand as much from me as a coach. He was a quieter and um, let's say a little bit more stable. Yeah. Uh, so like
0: not even not demand it, but doesn't respond well to it. Exactly. Like he would rather, his style is to let like he, hear you and let him go do it without you, you know, being
1: on his back. That's right. I didn't have to reinforce a concept three times to him versus this other, this other boy on the team where I might have to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of value in that because in business, it's very similar. You have those that will, will be maybe a little bit more, not demanding, but extrapolate out more bandwidth from you with that rapport that you have with that person on your sales or marketing team. Mm -hmm. And then you have those that are others that are high autonomous individuals that don't require the frequency of, let's say, a one-on-one type meeting or even the length of that meeting.
0: like it's a burden. Yeah. It can be a burden. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, So being able to make those that sort of alterations in my mentality has served me well in both contexts.
0: Yeah. And, um, I had some middle school athletes on here once, and that was one of the things that I thought was so interesting hearing their feedback is that when they get into middle school playing for their school, Uh, because it's the first time that many of these young athletes have played for their school compared to their club or their recreational teams. And that wasn't a big adjustment is they said, well, now for the first time I'm on a team with, such a range of people that are not all at my level mm-hmm. that are not all here for the same reasons. Somebody just walked on and made B team basketball because they thought they wanted to try it today. Whereas I've been playing really good basketball for five years and, and that having to adjust to those personalities where everybody's at on your team, all those things. And it's a, such a different vibe, but that is such a good real world life experience because that is how, life and work work.
1: I, I don't think I could agree with that more. <laughs> like it's exactly like you walk into a, a team dynamic or something like that, where you've only known it to be one way and then something changes and it's a totally different world. And that's why I like sports because you have to be able to adapt in life to situations like you just described. And what a great, you know, not breeding ground or proving ground for something like that. But that that's where I just, I can tell you this, as a sales and marketing professional, I have never failed hiring a former athlete. Not one time. Not one time. Since I've been leading teams since 2017, I have had some incredibly disciplined individuals Mm -hmm. in sales and marketing that have been former athletes. And I can't think of a single exception to that rule right now where that hire that I made that had that athletic background I'm just, I'm seeing their faces and then their names right now. And without exception, basketball players right now, I have a head of outbound sales for my sales team. And she was a a soccer player at the division one level. The with
0: skills translate. Oh, yeah. They just, and, and some they translate
1: that, so well with tenacity and all these other really beneficial characteristics.
0: Yeah. And some of that is, though, because that's your person, that's your vibe, too. And so it, it gels well, probably, with you and your organization. But yep. I do think a lot of it is all those life skills and lessons that you do learn over the years as an athlete. I mean, When you pull out some, some of the different kinds of sports, like gymnastics and martial arts, when you think about like dedication or, or golfer, right. These are things that, you know, if you're a hiring professional, like these people can work on their own and, and get things done and be structured and accountable for, you know, their job responsibilities because they're trained to do that.
1: That's right. I mean, they take well to feedback. They're precise. Yeah. They pay attention to detail. You know they're they're the type of ambassadors you want out there for your companies, and I I strategically look for people with those backgrounds because until it fails me, it, I, I I would argue it's a sound business and and sales and marketing strategy, yeah. and it it's helped grow brands that I've been associated with, yeah, without exception.
0: One last thing I want to ask you about, and it's it reminded me when we were talking about kids adapting to teammates. Um, so are you guys are making a shift, right? Where um, I guess your family's about to be on different teams because of like high school when they're at the high school level playing. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me like what, what change you're making and where y'all are going to be?
1: Yeah. Yeah. My family and I are looking to relocate to the little Elm area. And I would say we're doing that actively right now. And I would put baseball like 17th on the list for why we're wanting to do that. But I will say this, like You know, knowing who someone will be mentored by, you know, when they go into that context, I think has a lot of value to me as a parent, Mm -hmm. you know, for as long as I can, I think that we as parents get the opportunity to, you know, sort of like define the terms of who our children associate with and try and set them up for success as best we can in that direction. So I think that has a lot to do with it. And I really love this area of the city and the way that it's, you know, I see it growing and it gets me excited uh, being a person that has the potential to be a citizen of an area like that as well.
0: Yeah. Have you driven by the, I mean, you're probably in the area a lot, but it's that, large high school being built off of 380 yeah is that what you're talking about or is that a different high school
1: different high school which one are you referring to though i think
0: it's i mean it says little elm on the building oh gotcha and i've i've been back and forth from lots of baseball practices and things lately where i keep seeing this high school being built and every time i think wow like that looks amazing it looks like it's going to be just the latest and greatest facilities now frisco has some Pretty sweet high schools and facilities oh, yeah. too, but, but I think that has Little Elm on the on the wall. And um, I wondered if that was the school year. I,
1: I wonder now. if it could be a middle school because I know uh, Little Elm be. is going to have a could like a, a single high school type feel to it, like Allen does, for example. Yeah. Um, so th- th- that could be the, what you're referring to. It might to. be
0: the middle school. Gotcha. but Yeah. So, I mean, there's so much... Um, growth and opportunity happening in that area. Yep. Y'all just be my neighbors on, <laughs> on the west
1: side of Frisco. Though. There we go. We're
0: in Little Elm all the
1: time. There we go.
0: Um, but yeah, that's awesome. So I also found out we're both Red Raiders. That's
1: right. Wreck them. Yep. Rec-em. Yep. Uh, yep. I'm a proud class of 06. My wife and I met in uh, uh, Campus Crusade for Christ at Texas Tech. Oh, cool. and, uh Yeah. We just had a, a, an incredible experience in Lubbock.
0: We loved it, too. My husband and I met there also. Um in the sports world, um on the on the soccer field, oh, that's awesome. Yeah,
1: that's really cool. And yeah, so we
0: we still love and follow all things, tech sports as much as we can. Yeah, because there's a lot going on. But I've had some good years lately, some good basketball years and baseball years. And now I'm getting to see some Red Raiders coming up through the Rangers system. And so that's fun.
1: Oh, it's been incredible. Like uh, Coach Tadlock is just an incredible individual. And they've spent a lot of time in Omaha the last uh, six years, let's say. And uh, getting to see them up in Omaha, I've been my wife and my my boys and my daughter and I have been to a lot of uh, College World Series games wearing our black and red, and okay. it's been a ton of fun. So
0: very fun, cool. Well, thanks, Nathan. Um, there's so much baseball nerd stuff we could go into. So I feel like even though we've talked a while, we've still scratched the surface. But I appreciate your time coming in here and talking to me and giving us your input on some things.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I had a, a ton of fun. Appreciate it.
0: And thank you for listening to this episode of Hustle and Pro. Make sure you subscribe however you prefer to listen to your podcasts, and we'll see you next time.